Cheers, virtual compai. There we go. Nice, brother. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, man. It's been a long time. Oh, dude, we should have done this probably four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, let's begin without further ado. What's up, Baders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Baited Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And as you fine folks know, Got Baited Japan is about two dudes, booze, Japan in the news. And unfortunately, Thomas is not here with us because he's on diaper duty. That's what happens when you have a kid. You go on diaper duty and you can't be on a podcast every uh, once a week. I guess he can be on the show every other week or something. I don't know. Dude's got a baby and the dude is busy. And um, Bather, Faders, <laughs> we've had a couple of drinks before the show. Um, this is episode number 578, I believe. 578. And we are rocking and rolling with the one and the only, the front man of one of my favorite bands here in Japan, Scotty. From Creep Down. Scott, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a, uh, you know, I've always wanted to be on the show. And then it's my dreams have come true. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> We've interviewed many bands on this show and nobody said that. They <laughs> say quite the opposite sometimes. Like, I didn't want to be here, but my manager said we had to. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, that's awesome. Um, no it's only yeah. happened a couple times <laughs> oh but oh well <laughs> but dude oh my god creep down you guys are fucking phenomenal because you guys are fucking amazing performers your songs are great everybody loves you guys and i'm just so happy to have you on the show dude i'm ecstatic i'm ecstatic i can even talk right now it might be the booze it might be because of how excited i am i don't know oh dude but um you guys just kill it you guys kill it when you guys are on stage and there's like maybe five people in the audience or 50 or even more than that you guys always put on a fucking a plus show dude you guys fucking you, you you just slam dunk it you guys are awesome dude every show is spectacular thank you for being so. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for always booking us you know um yeah we hope so and you know it doesn't matter one person two you never know who's in the audience so we just want to just play. That's cool. Now, I, I got a couple of questions, and uh, we've got a whole show set up. And I, first, I want to talk to you about the band. Then I want to talk to you about our, our shared passion, 
scary movies. And then after that, I do want to get into the news just a little bit. So I've got just a few questions about the band. Um, First off, the name Creep Down. That is a phenomenal name, dude. That is just so incredible. I mean, it's like somebody should have had the band Creep Down years ago. It's, It's crazy that nobody put these two words together, but you guys put these two words together and it just, it's perfect. Creep Down. I mean, Nintendo, could you imagine the company Nintendo with a different name? Could you yeah. imagine Sega with a different name? Could you imagine Coca-Cola with a different name? No, you can't. And Creep Down is the perfect name for your band. It's a perfect name for, it's just the perfect name. I love the name Creep Down. You know, I I also agree, not just because it's my band, but, my name. but um, you know, um, I never really looked into it. I, I, I put um, the two together because uh, Stone Temple Pilots is my favorite uh, rock band. They're great. Yeah. Uh, and one of their songs is Creep, and the other song that they do is Down. And one of the first songs we've ever performed on stage was Stone Temple Pilots Down. Um, unfortunately, we never before performed Creep. I've, I've done that in other bands, but <laughs> I put the two together and, and it just came Creep Down. And I never really looked who had it or not. And about like a year later, I look and like, well, no one actually really has this. Maybe I should patent this. So, um, yeah, Creep Down came from two Stone Temple Pilots songs. Yeah. That is fucking My awesome, dude. I, I love the name. I love the name. I, I, I don't know why I love the name. I think I love the name because it's perfect. But I also love the name because... One of my favorite nineteen late nineteen eighty movies is Creep Show. Oh, so, do you love Creep Show, dude? Fucking oh, Creep Show is great, dude. Is, that number, is the number the number one Creep Show? The first one, the one where they're on a raft and this blob just starts picking them off, or is that number two? See, the thing is, it's been so long since I've seen both of them that it's just they they kind of blend in together. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that one with the blob. There's the one with the Indian. Uh, Indian there's, the one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the one with Stephen King with like the meteor hits and stuff. And he, all of a sudden he starts like uh, this moss starts growing all over him and stuff. I mean, both of them are great. Oh, there's also the one with the roaches. Oh, that used to freak me uh, out. Yeah, 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 that freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> that creep show, man. Oh, do you know that that movie, both of those movies are an homage to, uh, what's his name? Bill Gaines. Really? Mm. Do you know who Bill Gaines is? Um, you probably know. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill Gaines, uh, he he was the president and founder of EC Comics in the 1930s and 40s. Oh, okay, so it was derivative of the comics of Creepshow. Though. That Creepshow came out in the 1960s, right? Um, Creepshow <laughs> came out, I think, in the 50s. Because in the 30s, the 30s, there's a lot of scary comics. And mm-hmm. then the uh, Comic Book Association came in and kind of wiped them all out. And then after that, later on in the 50s, I think like mid to late 50s, like scary comics kind of came back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have the seal of approval from the uh, Comic Book Association or whatever. But um, yeah, basically Bill Gaines, he had EC Comics. And EC Comics was like the godfather comic book company of scary comics and stuff. Like the whole the whole genre started with them. Before them, there's only superheroes and 
war comics and comics about like I don't know like high school lovers and stuff. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. I, I would love to have a time machine and go back and actually go into a newsstand and just buy every single comic book back in the day. Because yeah. yeah. a lot of them just didn't survive. You know, I mean, they're from like what almost like eighty years ago. But yeah, so Bill Gaines is the godfather of EC. And actually, and another fun fact, after after EC was completely wiped down because of the comic book uh, was an association or federation, it was pretty much like, um, it was kind of like a rating system that pretty much if like a comic book was like too, too gory or too right. adult, they, they wouldn't. Like R, they didn't have those rated R shit back in the day, but. It was something similar to that, but similar. I don't know. I, I, I should yeah. research it, but. Anyway, this association wiped down anything that they deemed inappropriate or un-American or unchristian or some shit. And so pretty much Ed Gaines, I mean, he, he had nothing he could do. He's like his whole business was wiped down. So you know what he did? He did a satire on America and he came up with Mad Magazine. So, Alfred <laughs> P. Newman, dude, he invented Alfred P. Newman. But um, yeah, going back to our original point. Um, yes, creep show one creep and creep down, show not two. Creep show. <laughs> Can I say we creep down? put on a creep show sometime, right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys should put on a peep show. Oh, but yeah, creep show was uh basically an homage to egg games. So, faders, research egg games, and um, I'm a little drunk right now, a little tipsy, a little faded. So, if I get my facts a little bit washed up. <laughs> You're listening to God Faded Japan. That's so bad. Um, we're old, so we know this stuff. <laughs> I'm not that old. I didn't live through it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn you did after you yeah. just talked about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and my brother Ed. I mean, my great great grandfather yeah. Ed. No. Uh, but um, so. Creep down, dude. Creep down. You guys have been around for like four years. You guys have been rocking the stages all over Tokyo. I'm looking forward to a Japan tour once this fucking virus is over. But um, in a nutshell, like in um, an elevator pitch, so to say, how right. did you guys form? Um, well, uh, going back to four years ago, um, I was in a rock band that was a cover band for Rage Against the Machine. They were called the Untitled Rockers. And I was with my, you know, my best friend invited me. He's a bass player there. Uh-huh. And I was on stage like once a year in that band. And, um, you know, I was a backup vocalist there. And, you know, I never aspired to be a musician or anything like that during that time you know i was married so i didn't really you know it was just for fun but ever since i got on stage i was like oh my god as soon as i got off stage i was like i was depressed with my life <laughs> i was like man i gotta get back on stage <laughs> somehow so you know i put a, a couple of ads on craigslist and i wanted to start a cover band right away um i joined one band and it was just like a weird kind of, it was like a weird, weird original cover band. And we, we were doing T-Rex songs. We started practicing a little bit of Stone Temple Pilots, but we, we started T-Rex songs out of the blue. Cool. And, you know, and, and a bunch of originals that I, I, I really like, I, I wrote the lyrics really fast. Like, it, like I, I it, like a week, like they say, Hey, um, by the way, we have a gig in a week at, at now. I'm like, uh, we haven't wrote anything, the lyrics for the, the, the music yet. 
So I quickly wrote him. It was horrible. It was fucking horrible. And but we did the T Rex, and that was probably the best thing we've done on stage. It was a twenty century boy. You know T Rex, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Godfather's a glam. So we we, uh, we did twenty century boy, and um, we actually I think we did also audio slave like a stone, and that was it. That was a it was our first and last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our drummer quit quit right after that. Probably he's like oh, I heard enough, so he quit, and that was it. And then I put another ad, and I found Jiro, um, our guitar player now. And he lived in Sangenjaya at the time, and I lived in Shimokatazawa. Good places, in, yeah. In Tokyo, in Japan. So um, I, I, I went down and walked and met him, and we went to a studio together, and it was just me and him. And we picked out like five songs we were going to do together. And he brought like a machine, and it was like a metronome or something. And we, I was singing to a metronome, and this is like you know, I'm very inexperienced at this at, in four years ago for sure, and not even know how to do that. You know, it's like you know, you clap your hands at the same time and sing. Like four years ago, I couldn't do it, but you know. <laughs> now, I, now I can almost do it. But <laughs> I can almost do it now, but before I had no clue what was going on. So anyway, um, he put a metronome and starts singing uh, Plush and then Sex Type Thing for Soul Devil Pilots. And then um, another song that we picked. And then there was another one that he picked, which was uh, Stardust by David Bowie. There we go. Sorry. And when we started playing that song, I'm like, dude, this is not my style. <laughs> so I said, no bully for you, huh? Dude, I'm like, no, no, we can't do this shit. No, no, no. So. I thought it was it after that. We went and had a couple of drinks and then um, went home and then he wanted to continue. You know, he thought I would, he saw something in me, he saw some potential that I still did not see. But um, he said I was an okay singer, a good singer, and, you know, I can get better. And I guess it was true. You know, um, we started looking for a bass and a drummer. And the drummer uh, we found was a 16-year-old girl. And this is before we ever did any gigs. You know, we didn't do your gigs at all. And then when we, when we first met you, you booked us one time. Uh, the first one, right? <laughs> one of the first, yeah. <laughs> one of the first acts. But actually, before that, we played at Ruby Room. No, I don't know, actually. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. So maybe it was a knob we played first. So you booked us and you were like very scared about us. You're like, oh, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> but, I not. I was more concerned about the 16-year-old girl drummer. Like you guys are like, she's 16 years old, but she rocks. And I was like, okay, so she's 21 years old and she rocks, right? No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, she wasn't allowed in a place, but. <laughs> like, no, no, dude, she's. 21 years old and she rocks at the drums okay right everybody knows she's 20 she's 21 years old and she rocks at the drums okay all right no she's 16 man <laughs> she came in i drew a mustache on her face i was like yep you're 21 now <laughs> yeah oh my cat is crying outside but anyway um yeah um we did your gig and you know we started doing gigs with her and she put us on a map. She really did. Um, she was a 16-year-old skinny Japanese girl. Very small. Very small. Yeah. 
tiny, just tiny, doing these hard rock covers. So we were a cover band at the time. We were doing Stone Temple Files. We were doing Godsmack. And we were doing some White Zombie, um, Thunder Kiss. And then we were doing, um, yeah, we were doing just hard rock music. And you see this 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 girl just, <laughs> you know, keeping up and, and doing a really good drummer. She's phenomenal, dude. Phenomenal. Yeah. So very talented. Very talented. incredibly talented. I mean, she is just amazing, dude. Oh, I mean, she's a plug, just plug her, man. Like, ooh da uh, no, I'm not gonna plug her. She's got to be on the show first. <laughs> yeah, so, no, you won't have to plug her, but um, no, she was awesome. our drummer uh, for a couple years, and you know she put us on the map because she was an attraction. Uh, people just wanted to come and see Creep Down because the word out was, "Oh, you should check out Creep Down." Ever 16 year old drummer, you know, everyone. All, all, we were invisible, but it was more. Say. It was more than that. I, people said like. Dude, she's 16 years old. She's just a kid and she fucking kills it at the drums. Because when you think about a 16-year-old kid, you're like, oh, a 16-year-old kid playing the drums. I don't give a fuck if it's a boy, girl, whatever, you know? And But when she got on the drums, just like this really small young kid, and it's like, what? It's like Saturday yeah, night, Friday was. night, and she gets behind the drums and everybody's like really skeptical. And all of a sudden she fucking just killed it. She just nailed it, dude. Like she was born to play the drums dude she probably came out of the womb with like drumsticks in her hand she's like let's rock you know <laughs> i mean she's really and she's a cool person too her mom's cool I've, I've met her mom many times drink with her mom and stuff her mom's a rocker too so yeah it's cool her mom comes to all the shows yeah, yeah. um yeah it was fun we had a great time at the time um Unfortunately, she went to a different band but we knew that was coming because we were just doing covers nothing like serious at the time and we knew like someone was gonna snatch her up of course you know so that happened and we got a new drummer and his name is say say is awesome great drummer too that's good say speaks say is japanese he speaks better english than anybody i ever known (laughs) so i thought he was from new jersey at first (laughs) great english speaker you know but, um, you know, um, he quit recently because, you know, he had some things he had to do. And, you know, you guys a, have an awesome drummer. I mean, you guys, every drummer you guys have hmm. is just amazing. And the new drummer, I know the new drummer, but I haven't seen him play with your band yet. Your new drummer, uh, well, why don't you introduce him? Um, his name is Matt Hall. He's from Massachusetts. Um, definitely professional drummer. Um you know, he gives us a different sound, um, a little bit heavier, a little bit hard rock. Um, he's very, um, what do you call, call that? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit drunk. So like the technical uh, yeah, term here. We both are. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's very like. Talented. Technical. Like, I've ever said that yeah, word. He's, <laughs> he's very technical in his drum work. So he's very, um, very good, very good guy. Um, we're, we haven't played any live shows with him yet, but you know, we've been practicing for a long time and we can already tell the difference. So, um, he wants to be there. He wants to play. He wants to, you know, achieve success somehow, you know, we we want to write music together. We want to, we want to perform. So like, you know, I'm very excited to have him. So we we also have James. James is our bass player. He was a guitar player. Interesting. Um, It was a great band. Wait, are they still around? They were, 
I don't know. I'm not sure anymore. A lot but, of bands broke up because of the whole fucking Corona. So I think maybe they're still around. Maybe. Okay. I'm not sure. I think maybe Ch- uh, uh, Chad, Chad, maybe he went home to America. I think so. Well, then they definitely broke up. Um, well, there's already coronavirus. You never know. You may come back. So, yeah, um, yeah those guys are always awesome. I, re- I, I like their bass player. He, he's a very funny guy. Um, but those guys okay. are cool. And then, and then James was the like a rhythm guitar player there. He's never played bass before. And then he joined their band like three years ago, I think. That and so he's a new bass player. Yeah, he was definitely... He's just learning at this at the same time. I don't know how the transition is from guitar to bass, but, but um, easier. <laughs> I just know because you know I'm not musically inclined. I'm just just four strings versus six. <laughs> I don't know, but you know James is awesome on the on the bass. I didn't know that that he played um, that he played six string. I mean, I should have known that, but I mean, I didn't. And um, yeah, hey, he's great on bass. No, your your band is fucking it's tight. It's tight as a drum. So that's that's awesome, man. And so pretty much that's where you're at right now. I think um at the moment, like we we haven't done any gigs together. So we don't know what we have. We we really don't know what we have. Just in practice, you know, with our the nucleus we have now is it's nice. It's nice. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to see you guys on stage. All right, I gotta ask you. All right, I asked about the name. Ask how you guys formed. Now the songs. Your songs, the titles are really fucking dark, dude. And I'm fucking, I love your songs. I love the songs, right? And I gotta ask, are your songs originally from, oh, are they, are the themes from scary movies? Because I know you love scary movies. I know a couple of your band mates, they love scary movies and stuff. So is it from that or something else? Can you elaborate? Well, this, um, let's let's um, say that Jero writes the music. Jero writes the music. Um, wow. Okay. player. Yeah, he writes. Um, he he does the riffs and he does all the music, and then I will go in and write the lyrics, and then you know, fuck around with the vocals, whatever you want to call it. And um, I, I I try to breathe life into the songs. So most of the songs that we play are very depressing, very dark. Um, but it may not sound that way. No. Um, the lyrics are definitely dark. The very you guys definitely. do not sound like the cure. <laughs> no, I hope not at all. <laughs> I'm not Robert Smith or anything, but <laughs> I actually do like the cure. I'm, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> They're great. Sunday, what's that song? Uh, uh, what's Sunday, that song? Bloody Sunday. No, that's you too. Love song. There's a love song in there. Love right? songs, that's the cure. Uh Saturday night, boys don't cry. Oh God, it's been a while since I listened to The Cure. Maybe I should go back and start listening to The Cure again. You know, maybe the next time you see me, I'm gonna be wearing like eyeliner, black (laughs) eyeliner. I'll look like Uncle Fester. I'll shave my head. (laughs) Well, he definitely has like Gerald's hair. So (laughs) Gerald has his hair, whatever you want to call. But um, yeah. Anyway, he he um, if you don't know what, what. kind of band we are we're very hard rock we're, we're very hard rock I like grunge rock stone type of violence gusty obviously um i wouldn't say rage against machine but kind of that like we want to be that kind of like style of music so we've been doing this music for a while um the the music that the lyrics that i come up with or the writings is it's all from the news or it's all from reflections in my past cool. that, that i've grown up with like uh missings about kidnapping 
and um, the lake is about the devil. Pretty much, that was an ode to the Rolling Stones, Sympathy of the Devil. I wanted to kind of write a similar song. Yeah. And that wasn't, and it's not an ode to devil or anything like that. It was just a similar song where, you know, I look at life now and, uh, you know, there's some, there's some horrible parts about it that needs to be, I don't know. I don't have no answer, but <laughs> maybe edit this out. But no, I'm well, not gonna edit shit. But so yeah. you, you you went a little Slayer, but you didn't go full Slayer with the song, right? Yeah, nobody can go full Slayer because Slayer is the the best band in the world. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. South yeah, of Heaven, the, man. Oh God, Seasons in the Abyss. Oh, that's such a great fucking. I think um, just just in the side note, I've seen Slayer live, and and the no one can compare their live show to anything there. I've never seen a band that good. Whew. Slayer. All right, cool. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's talk about some scary movies. Wait, 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 before, before we even talk about scary movies. All right. You do have one song and I think it's probably your, um, I don't want to see your most commercial song, but if you had a song that you could be, that you could consider to be uh, commercial, it would be on and on. Oh, uh, very poppish, yeah, yeah, very poppy, yeah, not commercial. And um, on and on is actually an audience favorite. When you guys play on and on, all the girls in the audience all kind of push their way to the front, and they're all like bopping up and down and stuff. And so, I want to play that song right now before we move on to the next topic. But before I do, can you mm-hmm. kind of elaborate and talk about this song on and on because yeah. nobody knows what it's about, and it's it's I, I would say it's one of your favorites. Not your favorite, but it's a band. Oh, it's a audience favorite. <laughs> Fuck you, beer. <laughs> Breaking my brain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if it's a favorite or not, or an audience favorite. But um, yeah, like um, people like it. Um, it's very uh, popish, and you know, it, it's actually very depressing. It, it sounds like a ha- happy song, but it's really very not- happy. It's not. It's not a happy song. It's actually about my uh, first wife, first divorce. So uh, I was going to divorce at a time and I just wrote about it, just um, how our life was together at the time. You know, it's it's hard to like. Oh, please. Go ahead. It's hard to say, you know, like, I don't really like to tell the meanings of the songs because I like people to interpret themselves and and use it to how they want to use it you know but um this song if it's a happy song for you please use it as a happy song but for me it was <laughs> just very depressing times probably my most depressing song it's probably our most happy beat so it's very uh conflicting in that way Oh shit. Okay. Well then say no more, say no more about the meanings of, uh, or the themes of any of your songs and stuff. Let's just leave, leave it up to the audience and to the listener, because you know, that's what art is. Art is supposed to be interpreted by the audience. You know, I mean, when I come up with a painting or when, when anybody came up with a painting or any kind of like art or even dance, you know, they did it, they made it. And then they had a whole point for it, but then the audience always sees it and kind of interprets it in their own way. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> smells like teen spirit is not about teen spirit at all. 
the opposite, right? So I have no yeah. idea. Nobody knows what it's about. Have you read the lyrics? It smells like Teen Spirit. That's right. <laughs> a banana, a mulatto. I don't even know. I can't even remember the words, man. I remember reading them when I was a kid, when I was in high school, when I was in junior high school. Well, I was they, used to have, they used to have on the MTV, it would just go across your screen really fast. And you're like, are those words real? <laughs> that is- <laughs> I need a dictionary. <laughs> yeah, I did at the time. Man. What the fuck does that mean? Jesus Christ. Oh, man. He was a genius anyway. So. Oh, he was. He definitely was. All right. Well, let's take a little break right now. And we're going to put on on and on. Yes. And then from there, we're going to move on to my second topic that I want to talk to you about, which is scary movies. Oh, great. Because I'm going to take a pee right now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> on and on
dude. Fucking awesome track, dude. Fucking love that track. I had no idea it's depressing, but um, shit. I'll tell you one thing. Scary movies are not depressing. Even the ones that are, like Carrie, not depressing, dude. So I want to talk to you about scary movies because you and I share the love, the passion, the adornment of scary and horror movies, dude. Now, what is... The horror, fuck, dude, I fucking love horror, dude. All right, and we both love horror bands too. Like we both love Guar, we both love the Misfits. Oh, dude, Sam Hayden, we love that shit. But I want to talk to you about scary movies. What is the first scary movie that freaked you out as a kid? Oh man, um, first, I think the the one that really freaked me out was Poltergeist. Um. Especially, you know, it was a ghost. Like, I'm afraid of ghosts when I was a kid because our, my house was haunted. But that's a different story, another episode. So, <laughs> uh, uh, wait a second. All right, dude. You can't, you can't <laughs> Older guys scared the crap out of me when I was young. So, and, that, you know, my parents, like, let me watch it when I was six years old, seven years old, or something. And I'm, I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, they let me watch that. They didn't care. I guess I was their third child, so they're like, yeah, whatever he does. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Probably wind up a singer of a band called Creep Down. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. They this very influenced. <laughs> so, yeah, Poltergeist, man, that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. And then Freddy Krueger, I would say that too. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the Predator was awesome. I loved it because, you know, Arnold kicks his ass, but. Um, a yeah. movie though what's that predator i don't consider predator to be a scary movie at all i consider predator to be like action pure arnie action you know it was like when you start having nightmares of the predator coming at you it's it's, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> i'm talking when i'm young man I'm, <laughs> now i don't care you know i have predators fucking <laughs> follow me everywhere so well, I'll tell you what, well, you do have two cats. But um, for me, when I was a kid, the first scary that I saw, and I'm going to, this is weird, but I'm going to say the first scary movie that I saw, I was like maybe like three, four years old. It was fucking E.T., dude. Mm-hmm. E.T. scared the shit. Well, I saw it in the fucking movie theater. When the fucking E.T. came out, my parents were like, dude, fucking the guy that made Goonies, bring in the kids, <laughs> bring the kid to the theater. So they brought me to the theater and shit. I actually, I think E.T. came up before the Goonies, but um, anyway, fucking I saw E.T. and, you know, it just freaked me out. In the very, very end when E.T. was in like the hospital thing with Elliot and shit, I saw that and I was just like, get me the fuck out of here. Have you ever been to a fucking movie theater where a kid was freaking out? I was that kid in 1981. If you got a time machine, if you get in your DeLorean, you go back to 1981, you go to that movie mm-hmm. theater in fucking Detroit, that was me. That was my fucking screaming, crying ass. My parents are like, and you know what? My parents didn't take me out of the movie theater. You know what they did? They took me out of the seat. They wrapped me in a fucking like their jacket and they put me down between the seats and shit. So they, because <laughs> they wanted to finish the movie. So I'm down there like, like I was like a kid, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then they watched the movie lights come up they pulled the jacket off me they're like oh you are in so much trouble when we get back to the car <laughs> no way man and you're telling me Predator wasn't scary <laughs> e. 
Well, I was a fucking baby when fucking I saw E.T. I mean, I was fucking way too young to see that movie, dude. Yeah, me too, man. I was way too young to see all those fucking movies, man. But I remember playing E.T. on Atari. God, it was horrible. <laughs> Apparently it was. I don't remember playing E.T., but I remember playing Defender. I've always loved Defender, dude. Defender was like my favorite game when I was a kid. Oh my God. I think Defender kind of got me into photography and art because when I was a little kid, when I couldn't play games because of my cousins, my cousins would be playing like Atari and shit. I would be sitting there and I'd be looking at the other game cartridges and I would just be looking at the graphics and the graphics for fucking Atari were just so impressive, dude. They were art, man. (laughs) Yeah, they were, they were fucking pieces of art. But the thing is like, then all of a sudden Nintendo came out and of course Nintendo had better games, but the art on their fucking games just sucked. I mean, it was so eight bit where you're just like, Okay, I get it. It's kind of boring, but Atari, yeah. dude, Atari, they, they spent fucking money fucking mm. making sure that the game cartridges look great, even though the graphics were super minimal. But, but at the time, there'd be a fact, though, like in, in the, the Japanese, Famicom was much better art than the regular Nintendo games. Oh, for real? Yeah, like it was, the art was much. More polished, more, much, much more better than uh, crap. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I got to go to Akihabara and check that out. I'll yeah. buy a fucking Family Con. I don't give a fuck. That'd be cool. Uh, I haven't played video games in years, ages, but <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, but here, man, yeah, the Family Con, um, some of the artwork is beautiful compared to the States. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck, dude. Well, I got to go out to uh, Akihabara and check that out. All right. So, all right, what is your favorite scary movie? I want to edit that nerd shit out, but yeah. Nah, um, I don't edit shit out. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Sorry. Um, the other scary movies. Um, favorite scary movie. Favorite recent scary movie. I don't get scared anymore, but like, um, I think good movies. I would say good. Potential scary movies. Netflix drama. Netflix drama is okay too, like a series. I would say, like, uh, the, uh, I recently watched The Nun. I told you about it. Um, yeah. The Nun was like, it had that spiritual concept in it, and it's kind of uh, creepy. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of ties into the conjuring and the conjuring movies and the insidious, like, kind of same uh, production team, I think. I love but, those movies. Yeah, those movies are good. You know, they, they have the ghost feel because I grew up with that. You know, like in, uh, you know, I lived in a weird haunted house, so it, it kind of like I wouldn't say it went deep into that, or like there's no possession or anything, but there was kind of like some weird shit going on during my house, so it kind of reflected that. Um, I, I, if you don't movie. mind, I would I'd like to talk about that. Yeah. Not yeah. right now. I want to talk about scary movies first and then kind of transition to that, if you don't mind. If you want to save that for another podcast, that's cool, too. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, tons of crap. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> for me, okay. The best scary movie that I've seen, okay, obviously didn't scare me. But I thought the remake of Carrie was actually pretty awesome. The only thing that it didn't have, 
Yeah, I told you about it, man. Fucking the remake of Carrie was actually pretty sweet, dude. I fucking love the ending, dude. The, the last like 20 minutes is so fucking awesome. No spoilers. The only thing that Carrie, the new Carrie, didn't have that the first one, the original, did have was boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being a little kid. I remember being a little kid watching Carrie, probably with my cousins. I'd do my cousins were fucking a little bit older than me and fucking, you know, they showed me the ropes of life which they probably shouldn't have. But I remember watching Carrie and also just seeing boobs. I'm just like, whoa, blew my fucking mind, dude. I fucking loved it. And the new Carrie, a little bit of a spoiler faders, no boobies. Not uh, even, uh, nothing. I'm not going to watch it then. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's a I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. <laughs> it's good, it's good. I mean, well, it's a remake, so it's kind of like the same. I've seen the original, so. Yeah. yeah. Probably works out the same. There's a lot of Stephen King remakes right now. There's uh fucking, of course, there's it. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, you know what? Um, I watched. Uh, um, I watched Pet Cemetery. Oh uh, yeah, Pet Cemetery. Actually, you know what? You know what? The thing I like to do now that I'm old. So I like to, you know, there's a lot of movies that I haven't seen, and you know, when I was young, and then I re- will rewatch them now, and it's a totally different movie. You know what I mean? Like if you're watching something that you did as a kid, like if you're watching E.T. and you only saw it when you were crying in the movie theater. It would still scare me. And then you watch it again now. Yeah. Would you still be crying? <laughs> I don't think so. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But, uh, crying. So but you'd definitely God. have a different perspective uh, yeah. for that movie. So all these movies, you have different perspectives on. Like um, watching Poltergeist, um, you'll notice something now that you wouldn't have noticed when you were younger like they're smoking weed in the bedroom remember that scene no i don't with, with a guy from coach you remember that actor from coach he was in that movie right i, forget, I keep forgetting his name but anyway they're they're sitting there and then they're like chilling smoking weed in the, in the bedroom him and, and the mom and their kids are sleeping so like i never noticed that it's not a big deal but like i never noticed that type of thing when i was young and so now when I'm older, when I'm rewatching these things. So the other day I, I, I watched Pet Cemetery, And this is from, you know, of course, Stephen King. The first one was Stephen King. The second movie was like a remake. Yeah. And I saw the remake and I'm like, you know, this is kind of like dark, you know, really dark. So I wanted to go back and the same night I went, stupid me, I, the same night I went and rewatched the original with Pet Cemetery. It's not stupid at all, man. It's fucking smart. I just wanted to see like the, what the difference was. And I'll tell you right now, the difference is acting. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't dig in that 1980s acting? No, man. <laughs> the lead, uh, I, I, don't like, I don't like to talk bad about people at all. But like, it's not that it's bad. He's probably a better actor now. But like, when... The 80s, oh my God, his acting as a lead actor was just like, it just, oh my God, this is terrible. Like, ugh, his acting just ruined the movie. But, you know, like catchphrases or something. Like, he's like, well, my kid died and I'm going to bring him back because I got the need for speed. He's like, (laughs) my kid died. I am going to bury him 
where we went before. Oh my God, he's alive again. <laughs> like so straight. And it's so terrible that way. Like, Scott, oh Scott, God. Scott. I, I think after you watched the first one, you're a little drunk, you're a little tired. You actually saw the pet cemetery porno. It's called Pet Do <laughs> no. It Again. You know what? I, I could have been you know, I love um um, um fucking what's his name? Um, I forget his name, but the the guy from the monsters, he was in it. And he was cool. But, you know, oh. it was in the eighties. You know, like it, I understood, but the lead actor, he didn't move me. Like, like it doesn't hold up. It really didn't hold up to this day. And even though the first movie was a better written story, I thought than the second. The second was, you know, it's just a remake. It's just, you know, it's just somebody remaking your thing. But like, I thought like the acting was much better. That's all. Wait, I got a question. Um, but of course, the first movie, the Ramones made the song "Pet Cemetery." Mm. Was really? the Ramones song? Yeah, I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. <laughs> I yeah. guess that would work. <laughs> uh, dude, it was fucking great, dude. I, I fucking love the Ramones. I've fucking read like every book about the Ramones. Um, but the second movie, does the second movie have the Ramones song in it? I didn't even know the first one did. But <laughs> that's like, like, I don't think the second one did that. If they did, I, I, maybe that would be much cooler. Yeah. Stephen King's two favorite bands apparently was the Ramones and ACDC. Yeah. Speaking of ACDC and Stephen King, I heard that they're going to do a remake for Maximum Overdrive, which, which is something that we talked about in our, the last episode. Mm. That could be kind of interesting. A fucking global meltdown of like machines killing people kind of sounds like the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> Not original at all, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I hope they don't make. I hope they don't make a uh, remake of Christine. I think the original Christine was fucking uh, great. The original Christine was great. Yeah, yeah they, they, they don't. Well, need to make can it. you? I don't think you can unless you really like. You have to go to that old school car, right? <laughs> so you can't go to these new plastic cars. <laughs> what the the guy's driving a Lumina? <laughs> Christine, uh, make sure you charge her in the outlet. <laughs> She's a fucking uh, Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Well, then again, you know they probably could because, like, oh, it could be a combination of maximum overdrive and Christine. Think about this, right? That some meteorite or whatever comes around to like Earth and it fucking possesses all the fucking robotics to fucking kill people. And what better than to have fucking all these Teslas, which already have like pretty much a little bit of AI, like artificial intelligence built into them. And then all of a sudden the AI takes over and shit. And these cars are like, yo, bitch, we're going to fucking turn up the fucking music and we're going to fucking kill some humans. We're hunting humans like that misfit song, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. What's the guy's name? Fuck. Danzig? No, Tesla. Oh, what's his name? Eon? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he can be the star of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's he's an interesting fellow, I guess you could say. But yeah, man. All right. If any horror movie could be remade, and it, like maybe a horror movie from like the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s. What horror movie would you like to see remade? Oh, that's a great question, actually. Oh, I wish you wouldn't have asked me that because. Yeah, we're dicks. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go I would, to Japan. <laughs> definitely have to think about that one. 
Um, you, you know, uh, dropping the subject, I sent you a, a movie link um, on Amazon, and I, w- I was trying to find the name of it, and you sent me the. Did you watch that movie? The one with that that clown serial killer. Wait, John Gacy? <coughs> no, 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 not that guy. Um, you sent me like um, on Amazon. Uh, terror or something. It's called Terror. It's about a clown killing people in a warehouse. It's very new. He went to a pizza parlor and then he killed that guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the, a modern B movie. Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it. You know, like it was kind of like old school. It was, it was definitely old school. It was kind of like a garage house, like scary movie. It's like, you know, there's like um, a I got a, yeah. maniac that's on the loose and he's possessed by the devil. He's dressed as a clown. He only comes out once a year and of course is on Halloween and he kills a lot of people in an area where, you know, there's like no cops. <laughs> right, right, right. They have nobody that's working at night. Yeah. I thought it was so pretty- I, I, I got your answer though. Um, okay, I what's would, the answer? I would remake get this. Killer clowns from outer space. Oh come on, no, dude. The original is fine. It, no, it, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to, but I'm saying, like, if I could, I would do it really well, right? Hmm. Well, okay. Sorry. But you're letting in the cats. All right, all right. Uh, Killer clowns from outer space. I don't think it needs to be remade. Hmm. I guess he if, gets, if it was me, we made well. All right, you got it. You got some awesome cats. Yeah, he's he's the black cat. It's an awesome dude. I love cats, dude. I, I want a cat. I wish I could have a cat, but no. The landlord says no. But okay, if I could remake a movie, yeah, I'd remake White Zombie. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's like the movie. <laughs> so. Um, White Zombie, dude. Dude. White Zombie is a black and white horror movie. I watched most of it way back in the day, and um, you know what? It was okay. It kind of sucked, but the thing is, it's just like I think White Zombie could be remade as a period piece, and I think it could be done really well. And who would I cast as the director? Oh, you're drinking some chew high. Oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, you know, this is anyone who's watching this is shochu uh, it burns calories and it gets you really fucked up i'm drinking beer it doesn't burn calories at all no you're drinking the opposite of shit go on uh white zombie uh it should be fucking directed by rob zombie yeah i gotta get some juice i'm so sorry <laughs> oh, real quick one second <laughs> All right, fucking I changed my mind. Uh, the next scary movie that should be remade is Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. It's, it's going to be remade by Rob Zombie. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. Are you the God that we think you are? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, we think White Zombie should be remade by White Zombie, right? Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, that's appropriate. That are that Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper should be a director. He should. Uh, you know, my mom, uh, Elaine, uh, she wrote for Rolling Stone magazines in the 70s, and she wrote an article 
Well, she she interviewed Alice Cooper in 1974. I'm not sure what the time period was. Like, she was one of the, I guess, what she wrote and interviewed him put him on a map to be famous. So I want to find that article. That was my mother. Yeah, you can find it online. And we have it hanging in our um, house back home, well, in Arizona. My dad does. That's awesome. I, I totally want to read that article. I'm going to dig that up. Um, but that's not the haunted house, right? Is that the haunted house? No, no, no. Can we? No, no, no. no it was a haunted house. With the Arizona house was a haunted house? No, no, no. The New York house. But she wrote it in 74. So it was, I guess it was no haunted house there. I don't know where she lived back then. But Can I ask you about the haunted house? Yeah. This is in Brooklyn, New York, by the way, because I was born in Brooklyn. That's awesome. Um, okay, so your house was haunted. How did you know it was haunted? Other than, did you see a ghost or? It, it took us a while to figure it out, but um, our house was haunted. We would experience furniture moving. Um, we had dogs that would bark at nothing, going crazy at nothing, and just running and hiding in the corner. Uh, we would hear, like, you know, we live in a three-story building. So when, if we were on the first floor and we would hear footsteps on the second floor all the time in the hallways and nobody, of course, no one was there. Um, TV, like I was watching TV on the third floor one time and all of a sudden, I was, you know, I was on the bed, like reading and the TV turned on. And I, what the fuck? You know, I was faulty TV. So I went to go and turn off the TV. And then before I turned it off, pressed the button. We didn't have remotes back in the day's world. So we went and went. And before I turned it off, I turned off before I even touched the button. So I'm like, okay. So I thought nothing of it. I went back and then it turned on again. And I'm like, what? What the hell's going on? And this is like um, during the day. And I went back to turn it off again and it just turned off and then i'm like okay this is weird so i just stood there and i waited for it to turn back on again and then it never turned back on so i went back and it turned on and the volume was so high fuck it scared the crap out of me it's like and i went to turn it off and i ran back and before i can touch it it turned off again (laughs) So after that, I was young. I ran downstairs and told my parents. <laughs> my parents were like, "Don't worry, it's just a, it's nothing." <laughs> I'm like, "Thanks." <laughs> and that was our, that was our like response that was on the counter. <laughs> yeah, like we would see like furniture move a little bit and it fall over. Um, shit, man, like our like things in the hallway we would see walk down the stairs and it was like a blur and and our parents you know i hated my parents during that time because like they always said it was nothing it was nothing don't worry about it it's just your imagination and then when we moved to arizona and we asked about it my parents like yeah the place was really haunted <laughs> so, <laughs> right thanks yeah <laughs> Oh shit! They coughed to it. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, so they 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 made us cope with it for like three years. It was terrible. 
like you know i would have bad dreams just waking up and we had it was dark man like i would try to turn on the lights and the lights wouldn't turn on and i would just walk through a dark hallway and in slow motion it was scary it was one of the most scary things in my life i've ever experienced and you ask your parents what they experienced because like if you're experiencing these kind of things Maybe your parents are experiencing shit that's like fucking 10 times worse, but they didn't tell you guys. Well, of course. <laughs> like, uh, probably haven't, but I mean, to this point, they have. And I guess it's a little bit too personal for a podcast. But um, um, yeah, I definitely have other stories that I don't want to share at the moment. But um, I heard of, totally cool. But just, just to breathe, like, like I grew up in a pretty, you know, you know, like I would sleep on the bed and something would punch me underneath the bed, like boom, like a spring. And then you hear some laughing under the bed. And that was, you know, I I just thought I always tricked myself. It was just my imagination, but you know, I don't know. The thing that got, when you have animals, uh, animals sense something, I guess, and our animals sensed, a lot of things in that house and that's what made it so real that um you know there's there's so many things that happened there nothing like traumatizing or anything just like it was just like fuck you know like jesus like i have to live with this shit like well, um okay okay one time i was um my sister who's a bit older than me uh, about six years older and she would say, like, every night, like, three in the morning, there would be a knocking on the ceiling. And it would be, like, very strategic knocking or something. And I didn't believe her. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. You know, there's nothing there. And she said, okay, well, sleep with me tonight. And then you would hear this knocking. Let alone that, like, you know, we were, you know, playing video games. And then we went to sleep. And we'd hear this knocking around two or three in the morning. It's like, boop, 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 boop. and my dog would just raise her and like, look up. Oh, and I'm like, I was scared as shit. And I think, like, I don't know if this happened or not, but like, I think the doorknob to the door would just start rustling or something, trying to open. And you know, we think it's our parents, but our parents were upstairs sleeping. And then my sister said, like, she heard something run through the library and all the way outside the hall, flush the toilet, and the door would close at the same time, like, slam, like, the, the bottom, like, the first floor door, and the toilet would flush, and that would shut. So there was, like, so many antics going on, because she was on the second floor, and our family was on the third floor. Mm-hmm. She would hear so many things going on in the second and first floor, and nobody was down there nobody so she would hear all these things and like i've you know i've heard one night i spent there i've heard these things i'm like oh my god this is horrible <laughs> you gotta come up to the third floor girl what are you doing on the second floor <laughs> sorry i wish i could tell this better but i'm a little bit drunk but it was fucking um it's nothing you want to experience it is horrible like you know as a kid definitely it was it's hard growing up it, it really was because it was very fearful. But now today I'm thankful for it because I, you know, I'm not scared of anything anymore, you know, just people. But people can be pretty fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, they know. Just people. That's all I'm scared of. You know? uh, I'm not scared of any supernatural shit. 
with people and it's the worst. Man, you know what you should do? You should get on Jim Harold's Campfire podcast, dude. <clears throat> do you know about this shit? No. We had this guy, Jim Harold, on our show. He's got this podcast that's been going around since like 2005, I think. It's like a really old podcast that has a massive following. And what it's all about is basically people from all over the world, they, they call in and they talk to uh, Jim about their paranormal, paranormal experiences, right? So they call in, they, they just tell their stories, right? And uh, basically, he just sits there and he just listens to their story and stuff. And he's got he's got a very big open ear and he's very like understanding and stuff. And um, he's not skeptical at all, man. He's very understanding and very caring and stuff. So if you want to get something off your chest about like a scary about a haunted house or a scary experience or something like that, you should fucking like call him, call in. I got a fucking like private line too. Why do you think I have creeped down? Huh? <laughs> Why do you think I have creeped down? Uh, <laughs> I write all my get up everything. <laughs> I'm kidding, but anyway, you know what? I understand. Um, but I do want to plug one more story, and this is for a dedicated to a friend of mine that um, passed away a long time ago. Oh shit! All right. Um, his name is Roy, and he told me a story like because um, you, you know New York was just crazily haunted. So he told me a story of an, a lady in his building, and his building is like at least 10 or 15 stories high and the elevators weren't working that day and the, the lights weren't working that day. So she's walking up the stairs and to like this old lady, she's walking yeah. up the stairs to her apartment and it's very dark. She can't see. And she starts hearing dogs barking and she gets concerned because, you know, it's not supposed to be dogs and all, of course. You know, sometimes an owner would let the dogs out and they would get out. So these dogs, these dogs just started, there's one dog and then there's another dog started barking. So she, she goes up to her stairs. She keeps climbing. It's so dark. She can't even see, she can't even see the dogs. Like the dog is barking in front of her and she can't see anything. So she gets to her floor and once she gets to her floor, she hears running. And then she just hears a dog and the dog just knocks her down the stairs and she falls down the stairs, a flight, a couple of flights of stairs. They had to call the paramedics. This is a true story. And the paramedics came and they were picking this woman up and they look at the back of her clothes and they're like, hey, so you said that a dog jumped on your back and pushed you down the stairs. And she's like, yeah, because um, I felt the dog push me. And when the paramedic says, well, there's two handprints on the back, <laughs> human handprints on the back of your shirt. Are you sure? There was no human in the hallway. And she's like, oh, my God, no way. So that was one story there. That's, that's Roy told me that story. So I don't know it firsthand, but that's what how he told me. He always told me that I'm on Halloween in October. So. <laughs> but it's a true story that happened. All right. Well, that's pretty insane, man. That's pretty insane, dude. Well, fucking shit, dude. Haunted houses, spirits, spooks, all that shit, dude. Fucking, I believe in that stuff, you know? I mean, kind of. I mean, I've never seen one. I've never experienced one, but I've seen a lot of scary movies. So, I mean, maybe there's something out there, I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's UFOs. Who knows? I'm not going to say yes or no, man. I mean, a lot of people believe in a lot of fucking interesting stuff. I mean, shit, dude. 
I got a nephew. He lives in fucking Santa Claus. Is Santa Claus real? Well, I've never seen him, but there's always goddamn presents underneath his fucking. No, I'm just joking. I don't know. <laughs> He's coming in ten days, man. Is he really coming in ten days? Or fucking, I don't know, dude. I, Christmas here in Japan is just basically like we watch Die Hard, we eat a good meal, and we get. Well, I at least I get really drunk. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like any other day <laughs> i don't even know yeah well no 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 the die hard i never watched i i tried not to i tried you to watch our die hard but yeah dude die hard is my christmas movie man john mcclain dude I love that. number one or two motherfucker yeah dude oh one of course one i like one i like two too man two is good two is good two is pretty good one is great two is good three fuck three <laughs> I don't remember three, man. It's Four. when he went to New York. Three is when he went to New York or something, and he had a hangover, and he had to solve a crime or something. And the bad guy was fucking uh, the brother of the bad guy from Die Hard 1. Gruber, yeah. Yeah, so fucking, yeah, pretty much, I don't really fucking... No, so that, was this, that was the one where the Saints came marching in that, that, that song or something. That, I don't know. Uh, maybe. People would know. Yeah. Wait, I don't know. Really? Oh, shit, you're right. Ten days. Fuck. Well, <clears throat> ten days I'm going to watch Die Hard and get drunk. That's it. <laughs> Welcome to Japan. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, um, we do have the news. I'm yeah. kind of fucking faded. I'm, kind of, I'm really fucking faded. I hope you're faded, too. Do you want to read fucking... All right, we don't have much time, I know, but uh, do you want to read three stories? Three articles. Oh, plenty of time, but yeah, sure. Oh, fucking then Let's do this shit. All I'm right. Not, I've got nothing tomorrow, so. You've got nothing tomorrow? All right, awesome. <clears throat> okay. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azabujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five minute walk from the station. It's your liquor. Hey, yo, what's up, Vaders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. 
Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks, but if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepa. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each. And they're worth so much more. These are these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool. That's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilt Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. If you're going to get your fade on, you got to get your fade on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Proper. Uh, we've got three stories. Would you like me to read first the first story, or do you want to read the first story? It's up to you. If I can read. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right. What, what we got? Um, you can read the first story. Tell me how it's done. Come on. You've never listened to podcast, this podcast before. No, I, I have. <clears throat> you guys have some dark shit. Oh, we do. Um, okay, here we go. <clears throat> Ex-worker at nursing home jailed for killing 83-year-old resident has sentence reduced 
by two years. The story took place in Tokyo. The Tokyo High Court has upheld the appeal for a reduction in prison time by, by a former caregiver at a nursing home who was sentenced to 16 years for killing an 83-year-old resident at the facility in 2017. The High Court reduced the Tokyo District Court sentence by two years accepting the defense appeal that the defendant, Hisashi Minakawa, 28 years old, was stressed down at the time of the crime. Scott, have you ever done something fucked up because you're stressed down? Oh, yes, man. I haven't murdered anyone yet. <laughs> Don't say yet. But, <laughs> um, well, I mean, if you do, you could just say that you're stressed down. Dude, listen, my boss is a dick. I was stressed. That's why I did it. Or, oh, you know what? I just paid my rent and I was stressed. That's why I did it. Holy shit. You know, this could be like the new, what's it called? The uh, the new, was it the Twinkie cause? The Twinkie? What was that fucking thing? The, the Twinkie? <laughs> no, 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 no. The Twinkie defense. That's what it was. It was the Twinkie defense. Like in like the late 1970s in San Francisco, there was that guy. What was his name? His name was um, Dan White. Dan White, basically, he killed the mayor of San Francisco, who was um, Harvey Milk, I think. And uh, basically, he blamed it on Twinkies. He's like, dude, I ate too many Twinkies. I had too much sugar in my body. And I just freaked the fuck out. And I killed this bitch. And fucking, no, he wasn't a bitch. Let me take that back. <laughs> I killed this guy. Because I mean, you know, the situation. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking anybody to get the wrong idea. I, I'm just saying that's probably what he said. <laughs> it's 2020. Fucking, we're all fucked up. But anyway, he said it was because he ate too many Twinkies, and they called it the Twinkie defense, right? So maybe this right here could be the stress defense. I've had too much stress in my life, coronavirus, this, that, or the other thing, and I need an appeal. What do you think? <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. Come on. I think it's ridiculous too, but you know what? Like, uh, this is an offset story, but like, you know, when, whenever I go to the hospital and then my diagnosis is stress, you know, oh, you have too much stress. You have too much stress. So I think that's part of the culture in Japan. Uh, I don't know. Like, like, I have a broken arm and I go to the hospital. Oh, it's just stress. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> Uh, like I think the same it's the same case. Like, oh, this guy has stress. Let's just knock off a couple of years. Like, what? what? <laughs> How many years do you get for murder here, anyway? Oh yeah, let's get to that. According to the ruling, the killing took place early in the morning on August twenty second, two thousand seventeen, at the nursing home in Nakano Ward. Oh, Nakano Ward, good That's place. Close. Jesus yeah, yeah. Uh, Minakawa was charged with strangling Kan Fujisawa, who was suffering from Parkinson's disease, and placing the unconscious victim in a bathtub, which he then filled with hot water. The cause of the death was drowning. Minakawa was on a night shift when another worker on the night of the homicide, but alone with the Fujisawa in the bathing facility. After his arrest, Minakawa told police he couldn't stand it anymore after Fujisawa repeatedly wet his bed again and again. So basically, this guy just kept on pissing his bed because he had Parkinson's. This guy got stressed down and he fucking killed this guy. Um, Yeah, fuck him. You know, I mean, dude, for him to get two years reduced, I think that's bullshit. This is the fucking Twinkie defense. The Twinkie defense is complete bullshit. Let's be honest. So fuck this guy. 
having two years taken off his sentence is just like bullshit, dude. He should have two more years added to his fucking sentence. That's what I'm saying. Mike, a little bit of holes in this story, though. Like, did he really murder him or he just left him in the bathtub? That's kind of murder, dude. You strangle somebody, they're unconscious. You dump them in the bathtub, you turn on hot water and shit, and they drown. (laughs) Strangle somebody? Yeah, he strangled them. Okay. So, I mean, he put him in a chokehold. I don't know. Maybe watch too much wrestling or some shit. Put him in a chokehold. The guy falls asleep, throws him in a bathtub, and the guy drowns, dude. That's oh, okay, strangling. Yeah, that, that's the key word right there. I guess he that's murder, murder, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely murder. That is man, murder. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, yeah, well, you know, people are fucking, you know, what can I say? The lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, that's the thing, dude. Ghosts don't scare me, people do. Yeah, you know, that's how it is. I mean, what the you fuck know, is a ghost going to do? A ghost is going to rearrange your furniture a little bit, maybe knock some shit off your wall. A fucking person's going to fucking choke you on and fucking throw you in a bathtub and turn on some hot water and shit, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like there's, there's many things wrong with this. The guy has Parkinson's disease, and you have to get the guy some slack for one thing. He has a disease, and he's Oh, he's 83 and he's wedding is, you know, this is like fucking obvious, right? Yeah. It's just this guy. And two then, years since for his fucking stress. Yeah, fuck this guy. But I mean, he should get two more years on top of his fucking sentence. And another thing is this though, man, this motherfucker chose this job. He chose this job. That's what I'm going to say next. You choose your job. Like what the fuck? If you're a fucking caregiver, you should be all about giving care. You know what I'm saying? You, you got put up with that. Yeah. That's part of the job, motherfucker. If you're a cook, you can't be fucking pissed off because somebody wants some salt on their food. Well, you want some salt in the food? Fuck you, man. There's no salt on the food. Now I'll put some salt. <laughs> <laughs> salt coming from my ball sack. Shit. Yeah. You know? Ugh. That won't happen in Japan, but in the States, I think it will. Well, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Okay, next story. Your turn. Wakayama. Can read, man. I haven't read since I was in fucking college. <laughs> that was twenty years ago. Oh shit! You'll be fine. Yeah, Waka. Okay, Wakayama woman arrested for switching price tags at a supermarket. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get murder. What is this? <laughs> Murdering price tags? Do you want the next one? The next one's murder. <laughs> this, this is pretty. Uh, another eighty-three-year-old. Wow. Okay. Anyway. Bit by bit, self-checkout systems have been popping up in Japan convenience stores and supermarkets over the past few years. That probably has been all over the world. Uh, with these developments, some are worried if the rapidly aging population here would be able to adapt to the technology. Shit, I can't even adapt to it. Can you? Nope. Like it's hard. Like, like if you go to a checkout system, would you rather go to a self-checkout or the person who's working at the register? Person who's working at the register for sure. Absolutely. Me too, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. At this I point. want zero responsibility all the time. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I put it. So this 83-year-old woman decided she was going to use the checkout, right? Oh, <laughs> so, idea. However, it seems she some have adapted them so well 
that they use it to enter the life of electronic crime. Nice. A new crime. A new criminal, criminal act. Nice. This was a case for an, an identified 83-year-old resident of Kanine City, Wakayama Prefecture, who now faces charges of computer fraud. How does that come out as computer fraud? <laughs> I don't know. Was she hacking? <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> when self-checkouts were installed in her local supermarket, the savvy shopper noticed that it scanned the half-price sticker on her item and automatically deducted the price. Realizing that the sticker alone was the key to making that particular scanner give her a 50% off discount. She simply peeled one off another product and stuck it on to something else. Have you ever done that before? No. Never in TJ Maxx or something? No, no. Wait, in America or in Japan? America. No, I've never done that, dude. No, I've, I, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a thief. I've never really stole. I stole when I was a kid and fucking my dad taught mm-hmm. me a lesson that well, I'll good. never forget. So I don't steal, man. I wish I did. I'd probably be really good at it, but I don't. <laughs> But um, she made it a habit, so she continued to do this for a while. Um, as you can see, this chicken is half off, 50% off. Uh, some supermarkets in Japan, they do put the barcodes directly in their stickers to prevent the fraud. The woman did it again and again at a future visit the supermarket. So basically, she took the stickers and put in another product, another product in when she was self-scanning, it kept going 50% off, 50% off, 50% off, right? It's just crafty. Which is, yeah, which is smart, I guess. Well, however, she got caught on December 4th, which is very about 11 days ago. Um, she was asphyxiating a half-off sticker to a carton of eggs valued at 246 yen. When suddenly a security guard noticed and apprehended her at the checkpoint. Freeze! <laughs> She's a phrase, motherfucking lady. 83 years old. Are you kidding me? Unknown to her, she she probably sh- should have pulled the dementia card. But the manager of the supermarket was very thorough with checking the sales records and noticed the items were being sold at a discount for a long time. So they noticed that this was happening. And, you know, it shouldn't have been. So they set up a sting. Yeah, operation basically to catch these old women doing this. I'm just stakeout. <laughs> yeah, it's like a stakeout, and you know, Japan has nothing better to do because there's no crime here, as you know. I'm, and this is the biggest crime I'm reading. You had murder, and I have this. Let's just say that. <laughs> there's a lot of murder this week, but it's all <laughs> relatively similar. <laughs> this is the egg job. Anyway, by the time she was ready to pull the egg job, he already stationed guards to monitor the self checkouts and catch anyone in the act. So they were waiting for this, basically. Yeah. After being turned over to the police, the woman admitted to her crimes, past and present, the total of three incidents, three incidents, which based on her most recent caper must have resulted in upwards of 500 yen in damages. Jesus Christ. Only 500 yen in damages. Okay. On December 6th, she was released on her own and currently awaits formal charges to be pressed against her. And you think you'd have pressed charges? I don't know. Probably. Dude, this is Japan. Of course they're gonna press charges. I mean, dude, unless she gives it unless she says stress, she's fucked. <laughs> she's Did like, she? I was stressed because I was old. They're like, okay, you get a pass. But if she doesn't, dude, she's 83 years old. If she fucking does fucking time, dude, that's a death sentence. Like 
Yeah. Yes. Like, you've got 15 years in hard labor prison. <laughs> Dude, she's yeah. poor old lady. She's just cutting 500 yen, though. 500. That's, that's got to be a misdemeanor. I don't know how it is in Japan. 500 yen in damages. It's stealing a stealing, man. Stealing is stealing, dude. And the thing stealing. is, they don't really bend the laws that much unless you say it's stress. So, like, actually, the stress thing, that's the first time. I, I've been doing the news. I've been do, doing the news since 2009. And I've never, ever, ever, ever heard of a sentence being reduced. Ever. No, not for, no, you got to use stress. Well, she should use stress and then and only be 200 yen in damages, not 500 yen. But still, still, I think that's a federal offense because taxes, dude. She, she's probably going to get fucked. Like, well, that is taxes, which makes she it federal. She should have never went to jail. Readers of the news condemned her actions. Readers of the news, like a lot of people condemned her actions, but also couldn't help impress. They were impressed by her, yeah, by her craftiness, man. Like um, she... She's 83 years old, and, and she saw this work with the computer systems. She took advantage of it, and that's what she did. Those stickers work no matter what. Mark other years, 83 years old. Yeah, these are notes for me, right? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done reading the news. <laughs> Don't read the news. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, um, yeah, yeah, this is not murder, but this is murder on prices. Yeah, she murdered those prices. Okay, in other news, all right, our last story. Man gets 18 years in prison for killing Yamagata Eye Doctor. I, I think it should be an eye for an eye. Why did you get this news? I get this news. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, shit, if you want to murder, I, I can dig up a murder, no problem, dude. There's like lots of murder, but there's just no details this week. Okay. Yamagata, the Yamagata District Court has sentenced a 25-year-old man to 18 years in prison, unless he says it's stress, <laughs> for the murder of a 50-year-old uh, orphanologist in Higashine, Yamagata Prefecture last year. The court handed down its ruling Friday against Hiro, Hiroki Kato, a resident of Yamagata City, and a former student, Yamagata University, who was convicted of killing Chemi Yaguchi in her apartment on May 19th, 2019. Kato's defense team had argued for a lighter sentence. It should have said stress. 18 years is not a lighter sentence? <laughs> Jesus Christ. For murder in America, he would get double that. In America, yeah, life. double. No, life times two, at least. Yeah, probably. Well, it depends on the motive. Well, actually, for this motive, he would have gotten life. Uh, saying that he had no intent to kill because he had diminished mental capacity due to antidepressant drugs that he was taking at the time. I guess he's got good lawyers. So basically, he's like, yo, I was on Prozac. That's why I did it. Yeah, that's the, that's the Twinkie defense. That's the Twinkie defense. <laughs> Dude, fucking the guy, the guy, remember that fucking uh, asshole fucking, what, eight years ago that walked into a fucking theater when Batman was playing and he shot uh, him? Yes, yes, yes. That, that motherfucker yeah. was on fucking lithium and Prozac. It's the mm. fucking same thing, dude. You can't fucking use fucking antidepressant yeah. drugs. Well, for bipolar, right? Well, fucking still, dude, you know, you can't use that. If you do something that heinous, you're, you're held accountable in my book, dude. You can't be like, Hey, I had a Twinkie. Sorry. No, fuck that shit. 
Yaguchi, who was a director of the Yaguchi Eye Clinic, about five kilometers from her apartment, was found by her younger brother at around 5.50 p.m. on Sunday, May 19th, Fuji TV reported. An autopsy showed that Yaguchi, who lived alone, had been beaten about the head with a golf putter. Oh, out of all the golf clubs, why did it have to be a fucking putter? That's mm. the worst one to be fucking killed by. Oh, God. And died from internal bleeding. The golf club was left uh, behind at the scene of the murder. Uh, let's see. Yagaguchi was last seen alive the night before she left and went out for dinner with her colleagues to welcome a new employee. They parted the party at around 10.30 p.m. The clinic was closed on that day because it was Sunday. Her brother had managed to arrange to come over to see her later that day and called 110 when he found his sister's body. Oh, that poor bastard. I think that's 119. (laughs) Yeah, 110 is uh, back one one. (laughs) Yeah, 119 is the the, the number in Japan. No, no, 110. So, yeah, 110 is uh, 911. 119 is an ambulance. 110 is a police. Or oh, fucking what? Maybe I might have that backwards. But anyway, it says here that uh, to see her later that day, he called 110 when he found his sister's body. The last thing is police said that Kato and Yaguchi apparently did not know each other. So this guy just randomly just killed an eye doctor. An eye for an eye means he should be beaten to death with a fucking putter too. That's random. Yeah, very random. There's no connection. You know, what's what's the motive? There's no motive. Nothing. Nope, nothing. The guy was just fucking fucked up on fucking mental pills and shit. Or he was just mental himself. Maybe the pills were good. Maybe he stopped taking his medication. I don't know. But anyway, fuck this guy, dude. Blaming it on medication. Blame it on stress. Blame it on a Twinkie. Bullshit, dude. Fucking you do the crime, you do the time. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And in yeah. this case, I think an eye for an eye is appropriate, dude. Motherfucker should be beaten down with a fucking putter, I guess. Or, or the ball you hit with the golf putter. <laughs> the golf ball. Random crimes like that, man, that doesn't make any sense. Of course, it's mental. I'm not saying any murder is okay, but like at least there's some kind of like connection to it, but that, that has no connection. Zero connection, man. Guys, well, just- why do I? I wanted a murder news, man. Jeez. Do you want one? Yeah. Any more murder news? Uh, oh, there's tons of it, but it's just like they don't. Okay, well, all right. Let's see what I can dig up. Let's pull something from the internet real let's quick. Let's take a break and then I have to pee in two minutes. <laughs> You got to pee. Or you pee. I'm going to talk. I'm, a, I'm not taking a break. Okay. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll cut that out. I ain't yeah. cutting that shit out. Okay. So here we go. Okay. So I'm looking at crime today in today's news. Um, let's see here. Lawyer for 89-year-old driver of car that killed woman, three-year-old daughter, blames faulty brakes. Well, uh, 74-year-old woman with dementia killed in hit and run. Uh, eight injured after car motormobile collide in Yokohama. Car driver arrested. Oh, shit. There's a lot of fucking... Maybe this is the fucking maximum overdrive uh, episode. Holy shit. Um, let's see here. 
Man on death row for killing Filipino woman dies of illness. Uh, karma? Okay. Setagaya family murders remain unsolved for 20 years later. Okay, that's a horrible one. That's very horrific. That's definitely got to be saved for another episode. Man gets 18 years in prison for killing Yamaga. Oh, I just read that one. Okay. Man sentenced to death for killing four family members and neighbor. Okay. That sounds like something from the movie Halloween. I think this is one that Scott should definitely read. And it's not too long. Okay. I'm going to copy and paste. And All right. Read it fast. All right. You got it? Okay, dude. I got a murder one. You want murder? I got some murder. Okay. This is, a, this is an interesting one. How should I send this to you? Facebook? Um, like, uh, I guess Facebook. Fine. Okay, hold on a second. Let me just pull this shit up. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to make myself a drink real fast. Okay. So yeah. anyone, anyone who's listening, uh, if you ever has shochu, um, you should mix this with um, soda stream, which is uh, soda stream and sadachi or lemon, whatever. Yeah, I'm fucking pissed because I should be... All right, I just sent you the ad, uh, that article to your uh, messenger. I should be drinking that shit too, dude. Yeah, you should, man. Oh, man. Oh, I'm fucking almost out of beer. God damn it. Really fucked up. I didn't buy enough. You you, you always say that. That's <laughs> true. I don't think you I have never have enough beer. That's for sure. Okay, can you pull up this story? Okay, um, from Facebook. Facebook Messenger. It sucks, but it works just for tonight. Oh, jeez. It's not coming up. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Let me say Okay. You got it? Man, man sentenced to death for killing four family members. And neighbor. So that's five people. So this story is kind of like um, something from the movie Halloween. Should I read it or you read it? Oh, fuck no, dude. You read it. Okay. All right. So, you know, as we, we don't have much murders in Japan at all. But most of the murders in Japan are family-related, right? Like A lot 90%. Of I'm sure, like, all, the whole world is like that. But these people are old. Anyway. Okay, so a man was sentenced to death for killing four family members plus a neighbor. So I guess that's five people in total. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, Kagoshima District Court on Friday sentenced a 41-year-old man to death for killing four members of his family and a neighbor. So in 2018, so this is a couple years ago. According to the ruling, um, the killer strangled his grandmother, Hisako, 89 years old, and his, and his father, 68 years old. So he's killing old people <laughs> between March 31 and April 1st right, at, at, at his um, grandmother's home. He then took her bodies to a mountainous area nearby. Uh, the killer also strangled one of his aunts. Like he's just strangling family members. Like at this point, it's, it's like going. in the movie Halloween, right? Yeah, he strangles his aunt, he strangles his sister, and he strangles. And then after that, he just goes and strangles his neighbor. 
You think because the neighbor came over to complain about the noise, he's like, yo, all that fucking... St- Are you guys listening to Twisted Sister? All that screaming is just driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, he's like, he's just strangling everybody. <laughs> like, can't you get out of that? It's not like it's a knife or anything. <laughs> he's a pro wrestler, man. He put everybody in a sleeper hole and just fucking took it too far. No, I'm not laughing because... This is funny. I'm, this is ridiculous. Like he's strangling people. You might want to cut my laughing out, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, but like he's strangling everybody. Like he's like, no, 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 I'll strangle you. I'll strangle you. Yeah, no, no, I'll strangle. The neighbor comes over, like you said. What's going on? Strangled. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, that happened. <laughs> Too much noise going on over here. Yeah, what's going on? You're strangled. <laughs> okay, so the court heard after this arrest. Um, the Wakuda told police he was annoyed by his grandmother. His grandmother was nagging him for a regular job, just like any person. <laughs> too much stress. Stress? He should have said stress. You get two years taken off, man. They're nagging. They're like, okay, we're going to give you the death sentence, but we're going to make it two years extended. You can live two years longer before we kill you. And we'll keep going on because this actually ties into it. So Uh, the killer's lawyer said he was socially isolated and that he had no one he could talk to or confide in. So he basically had no one to talk about his problems with. He said he had a delusional disorder and, and his psychiatric evaluation concluded that he was mentally competent to stand trial. That makes no sense. As the ruling was handed down, the killer tried to attack the prosecutors. He also tried to strangle them. <laughs> this guy is fucking... Strangled. Oh, how can you strangle people without... I don't know. Maybe they call him the octopus. Maybe he's got, like, fucking really long arms. So he tried to attack the prosecutors. But he was restrained because, like, like he should have been restrained by his other neighbors. Um, he was moved from the record. He was yelling and struggling. Neighbors said the killer moved to the area when he was still in metro school and dropped out of high school. His parents were divorced, so he had a he had like a tough upbringing, like we all do. He served in the self defense. Uh, this is where the strangling comes in. Okay, he served in the self defense forces for a year, and after that, drifting from one job to another. So he he was taught basically how to kill someone by strangling. I thought that you learned how to do self defense there. I don't, I don't get it. You do, yeah, you do. So anyway, at the time of the murders, he was living in an apartment owned by his grandmother near his home, and he was visiting her a few times a month and receives a small amounts of money, send like Ichiman or less from time to time. And that's the end of the story. You know what? I think he should be strangled to death for his crimes. But a hanging is just too quick. I think they should have like like I think they should have an old person. Put him out of his misery. Like they, they they break out like people from the like the old old people's home and shit. People that are all stressed out that that need some kind of release. And like, all right, you can strangle this guy. And they all just strangle this guy or something. It's it's a slower death. It's more it's appropriate. A, yeah. Put it on TV too. Yeah, put it on TV. Why? Not? Put it on HBO. Why not? 
<laughs> well, shit, man, dude. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for reading the news, Scott. Fucking the band creep down. Your band is fucking awesome, dude. Fucking faders, everybody out there, you got to check out this band. This band is absolutely phenomenal, Scott. Please give us some plugs. Plug your band. Thank you so much. As always, I would always give you plugs. Creep down. Um, follow us on Facebook at Creep Down Fourteen. Um, Instagram Creep Down. Twitter, creep down, uh, Spotify, you can just search creep down. And one of our biggest songs is probably Drugstone Man. So Drugstone Man was actually about a friend of mine, real quick, a friend of mine who was murdered by the police. But, you know, it's not nothing political. It's just a sad um, ending to that. And I wrote about it. So I hope you enjoy. It's not that depressing, but it is. Well, that no faders. We do have an Instagram. We've got a Facebook and we've got a Patreon. If you got some bucks, if you got some money in your pocket and you want to see this video, if you want to see more videos, actually, we're, we're uploading classic videos of Got Fit in Japan. We have so many. We've had over 500 episodes of Got Fit in Japan. And so we're uploading classic videos, classic episodes. So go to Got Fit in Japan's Patreon. Go there and check it out. It only costs $5. For you, it's it basically it's five bucks, but for us, it really does mean the world. And you guys get so much content. Please hook us up because we're gonna we're here to help you guys out. If you're having some kind of a bad day or your boss fucking yells at you or all that shit, you listen to Got Fit in Japan, you drink with us, and shit is fucking awesome. And the thing is, when you do that and stuff, it means the world to us, and it means the world to you. I'm too fucking wasted <laughs> to do this shit. Yeah. I don't even know what you're saying right now. <laughs> Are you serious about that point, Faders? You know what to do fucking do that itunes fucking all that shit anyway thank you so much for listening to got fit in japan and we will definitely see you next week scott once again thank you very much for being on the show it's a pleasure having you here it's long overdue and um yeah we'll definitely have you guys on the show again after this goddamn pandemic we're gonna have all of you guys all together in a fucking recording studio or karaoke whatever let's be honest i can actually go outside soon hopefully (laughs) <laughs> hopefully, hopefully on that note, faders, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.
kids so convince her. Well, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.